And welcome back to another edition of On the Board Sports. I'm your host, Will Cherucci, a.k.a. Will C. And you're in the place to be coming to you from Gotham Podcast Studios in Manhattan, New York. Joined by our wonderful producer, Miles. Miles is always awesome. What more can you say and want? Just a great producer all around, controlling the ones and twos here at Gotham. And I have a very special guest with us in studio right now. Joined from the outside game is the one and only Don Povia. Don, how are you? Good. You got it right. Yes. That's <laughs> one practice. Thanks for having me, Will. No problem, man. It's great, great setup here. Absolutely. This is what Gotham does. You know, Gotham right, is a great true. place to record a podcast. Like it. Absolutely, man. <laughs> so, Don, how did you get the outside game started up, number one? And number two, how did you get into sports and doing all this stuff? Yeah, they're, they're kind of, I would say those stories are related. So... Uh, I actually have a history degree and a poli-sci degree and mm-hmm. a master's degree <laughs> in that and was uh, working in politics for a while. And while I was doing that, I was uh, blogging on the side, uh, hugging Harold Reynolds, uh, now defunct, um, but started that in 07 and really built a community with uh, a lot of my fellow bloggers and, and podcasters back then. It was really a, a tight knit and for the most part, uh, anonymous. Nobody was really using their real names, especially me, like working in politics. Uh, you know, I, you have to have some sort of anonymity to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I really kind of built a, a stronger bond as I would travel for work. Uh, I'd actually just hook up with these guys and, all right, I'm in D.C. Well, who do I know in D.C.? that wants to talk sports because I got sick of talking politics right. and really grew to hate, uh, you know, the business that I was in. And just through those relationships, um, you know, came up with the idea, which kind of led to the outside game was, um, you know, why don't we get together like we're doing now? We're having a beer. We're talking sports. We're talking, all right, what platform are you using and how are you monetizing it and things of that nature. And, you know, I said, hey, guys, if I threw something in New York, get some uh, big names that in, in, in our little world together, would you guys come up and attend? And so we went with it, and 300 bloggers showed up in the basement of Stout, not too far from here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little joke of being in a basement with bloggers. Right. Uh, and from there, um, uh, brands started coming out of the woodwork. Uh, ESPN sent cameras for, for outside the lines. They were doing something on the rise of social media and sports. Um, sports Illustrated was giving out iPads with their swimsuit editions on it. Uh, and the very next one, Fox Sports, ends up sponsoring it. So we did a couple of these events that were always sort of centered on, um, you know, more media and, and more, um, you know, how, especially digital media, but with all these legacy uh, legacy outlets that were coming into play, was how they're able to integrate into the digital world. So it really became this melting pot of old media, new media, and I was kind of at the forefront of it because I actually took the time and, and made some relationships, not just over you know over email, but really face to face. Absolutely, and you get to see everything growing right now, especially in this in this world of social media, where you know you could have an athlete go in and communicate with his millions of followers and fans and everything like that. And here's a guy like let's say myself that has maybe eight hundred followers or whatever or a thousand doesn't matter. C- connect with the you know, uh, an athlete and that's, that's huge in, in this right. world, you know? It, I mean, it's a, I, I think it's a blessing and a curse for them. <laughs> it's a, it's a matter of how they use it and, right. and how they engage. And, you know, one of the reasons that, you know, this last, uh, outside game that we did, or really the first, uh, sort of evolved and, and changed the name and did it was about bringing those athletes, uh, into the conversation more prominently. Now in the past, we've had everyone from Jalen Rose to, 
uh, John Thornton, who's now a Rock Nation agent, but used to be on the on the on the Bengals, and really everyone in between. Deion Sanders did one of the parties that we did, right? Um, so we always had names with them, but it was always sort of a one-off. And with this, to your point, is that the conversations being had, whether it's by fans, media, and the athletes, right? Everybody sort of has a voice, and we want to give everyone an equal voice, but not just to yell at each other in, in a couple, you know, hundred characters, yeah, <laughs> but more. All right, let's kind of let's build upon that, right? Here's mm -hmm. an issue, here's a topic, here's an athlete that is passionate about that. Well, you know, instead of just grabbing sound bites or or headlines, let's let's dig a little deeper and, and, and bring these elements together. Absolutely. And you know, in a world where there's so much clickbait and <laughs> it's so true. There's a lot of clickbait well, going it's, on. It's, it's a business, right? It, absolutely. <laughs> it's there to make money no matter what. Yeah. Uh you know, Don, my thing for you is especially with, with what's been going on in the world right now is sports. One guy in particular that has been really in mainline mainline headlines and everything like that, Antonio Brown. Right. I don't want to say he's been, you know, the center of attention as far as as far as what's been going on, but you know, to go from to go from in a year, to go from playing for the Steelers, get traded to the Raiders, you know Hard knocks. Hard knocks, <laughs> right. Foot frozen at this point. Illegal helmet <laughs> get gets yells with Mike Mayock, who worked in TV and knows what goes on in TV and everything like that, to see what happens. Gets cut, goes to New England. Then all these allegations and all these stories come out. You know, what what's your take on that? <sighs> Man, <laughs> where, to, where to begin? Right. Um, you know, somebody. There's, are you hearing rumors of okay, maybe it's CTE and you know one too many shots at the head, but. You know, one of the things that was mentioned at, at our event uh, recently was that nobody's there to tell him no, mm -hmm. right? So he, he can do what he wants unchecked without those checks and balances, and, and maybe maybe that's an issue. Um, but, you know, he's the best at, in the world at what he does. So who's going to tell him no? And, and a bunch of – I mean, even the texts that come out, right? They wanted to, you know, he's telling him to investigate this girl like his right. Yes, Mr. Brown, right? Okay, you right. Know, a bunch of yes men around you. So maybe maybe it starts there in terms of the behavior. Um, I, I don't know what he's thinking. And then you got a guy like Rosenhaus who, who represents him. I don't know what he's thinking. Like as this is all going as this is all going right. down. I mean, I, at one point they were saying how it was orchestrated, right, to to get his himself out of Oakland. Mm -hmm. so who's orchestrating that? And, and, right. and what advice is he getting? And then, you know, as the rumors where there's smoke, there's fire, obviously innocent until proven guilty, but you don't do yourself any favors when you go on a, you know, then he goes on his, his tweet storm, what, Sunday morning, right before the game, yeah. calling everybody out. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I, I think the biggest thing is, yeah, like who's there advising him? And even if there was somebody, is he going to listen? Yeah. He's his own he's his own man at the end of the day. I mean it's 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 sad. It is. And and it's not because of the money or not because of the glory or the fame. I mean, this is a person that's going through something. And you know, and, and if the allegations are true, I mean that's that's a whole other that's a whole other, you know, can of worms right. that just got opened up. You know, it's just crazy what's going on. Here's a guy, like I said, playing with the Steelers, <laughs> then he goes to the Raiders. You know, gets cut by the Raiders, doesn't even play a single down regular season-wise anyway with the Raiders, catches a touchdown with the Patriots after signing with them, 
and then they wound up letting him go just a week later, two weeks later. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you, you, you got to think the, the Patriots aren't going to put up with any bullshit. So. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you, usually you come in there, you fall in line, you, you, you know, learn the Patriot way. Um, but, again, it's, it's, this is a guy, maybe it's ego. Again, I don't know him personally, um, obviously. Uh, so I don't want to speculate. But, yeah. you know, from an outsider's perspective, all I can do is just shake my head and say, you know, hopefully – Hopefully, get things straightened out. Absolutely. As much as it's it's fun to watch a dumpster fire, I mean, these are people's lives, and and, and the other part is, I mean, he he's influencing people out there, right? They're kids and they're fans, and you know, not even they're grown kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there are people that look up to him and, and see the way you know he behaves and the way he acts, and you know that's going to impact other people. Yeah, and you just never know what might happen down the road, especially you know what might happen in the course of a, a player a player's career or even a franchise's career for that matter because if you get the perfect storm and the perfect scenario of it it's just something that might work work itself out to to a degree you know now do you do you think he's going to play in the league again uh, <laughs> I mean, this is a league that's had a lot of issues with that that they've seemed to try to right. try to get past and then you know, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of there could be like a team that might be like, you know, hey, look, listen, Antonio, we know you're talented, but we also know what's going on outside of outside of football. But if you can go out there and, you know, put all that stuff to the side and we'll we'll take care of you. No problem. I don't know. You know, maybe maybe he might be back on a team. Not this, <laughs> and that's not a, this and that's a world that you and I will never. Right. <laughs> never know. Right. You know, just yeah, keep. Effing up over there, but you know, but not, uh, but come performing, we'll be all right. But not only that, but not only that, too. Like, it's already week three. He said in tweets that he's not going to go out there and play at this point in time. For him to pick up a playbook and try to learn some plays and some nuances of of that coach's offense, whoever the coach or the franchise may be, that's going to be tough on Antonio. Well, he's also burned every bridge that he's been to, right? So, right, you know, storming out of Pittsburgh and the issues with Roethlisberger and everyone. You, right. you mentioned Mayock in in, uh, in Oakland, and you know then put uh, Gruden, yeah. Gruden on blast, mm-hmm. and, and now he's you know tweeting about uh, um, Bob Kraft's uh, extracurricular activities too. Right. So, and now now as a franchise, now you're like, do you want to deal with that? Yeah, who, you know we're next. Yeah. <laughs> Things go sour, and it's you know it's like it's like the media storms, right? Tim Tebow, when Tebow was here, you get the media circus around him with, yeah. with the Jets and every everything like that. You get the Colin Kaepernick situation, what, what's gone on with him as far as, you know, the kneeling. You get all that media circus on him and the franchise doesn't want to deal with it. It's all about, at the end of the day, trying to generate a dollar. Well, and the, but the other point is, is that Antonio Brown's well beyond their stratospheres. I mean, he's, you know, he's a different talent than, than oh, those two players. Absolutely, he is. Speaking of other athletes going going on in, in the world right now, you know, you look at and other teams for that matter, you know, you look at I'm trying to think like of another of another team, not the Raiders per se, but for example, Eli Manning right now, right? And Daniel Jones. How you talk about Antonio Brown being here with classless. Eli Manning has dealt with nothing but class as far as his demotion goes. And it might be it might be his last time ever playing football for the New York Giants. You know, what's your take on, on that? Or anyone, for that matter. It, right. It's actually funny you bring that up. Um, uh, Keith Bullock and I uh, talked about speaking with Mark Bolger about that. So Keith is uh, training to be an Olympic curler with Mark Bolger, Jared Allen, and a couple old football players are, are doing this as a 
way to try to get into the Olympics, which, you know, it's a, it's a long shot. They're not professional curlers. Um, but I was talking to Keith yesterday about, you know, Bulger essentially going through that situation with, um, with Kurt Warner. So Kurt Warner gets hurt, I believe, you know, 02, 02 03, 03, right? right? And then, um, and then again, right? <laughs> and, and then they release him in 04. And, you know, Bulger goes on to have a couple of good years, I think two or three Pro Bowls. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the way that the professionals like that, I mean, essentially what, uh, what Daniel's doing now is he's taking over for a guy that's been the face of the franchise for, you know, over a decade and, you know, won two Super Bowls. So it's big, it's big shoes to fill. Uh, it was also just the anniversary, I think, yesterday. I don't know when the, when the podcast goes up, but uh, I would say September 23rd was the anniversary of uh, Brady taking over for Bledsoe. Yes. So, um, look, I'm an Eagles fan. I, I've never been an Eli fan. Uh, I will laugh at the Eli Manning face until the day that I die. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that organization in general uh, has always handled itself in, in, in the proper way. And a testament to Eli and his professionalism. And now here's a guy, talk about professionalism, and who, who willed his way out of uh, San Diego as right. a rookie, right? Right, so, number one overall pick. Yeah, the yeah. Charges head. Right? You know, so, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you grow, you mature, but uh, I, it's amazing the way that he's doing that. And uh, that game, uh, actually, I mean, I think all the 4 o'clock games uh, this past weekend were just unbelievable, and that Giants game was... Uh, was probably the best one there too. I mean, yeah. I was, I, you know, I was pulling for the rookie to, for a comeback, and again, that's a you know division rival of the team that I like. But it was just exciting football and, and an exciting storyline to see. And then you see Eli on the sideline, man, just acting like a pro. Absolutely, and trying to root on his you know younger teammate, you know the successor, everything like that. At the end of the day, it's a team game, and you see him high five and Daniel Jones, like, "Hey, kid, way to go, way to pull that one out your ass," you, you know? Yeah, and you don't get to that <laughs> level without sort of a competitive spirit. So right. that that's the thing. You, you know, deep down, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, there's there's something in the pit of his stomach, but to be able to, you know, do what's best for the team, do what's best for, you know, the guy that kind of took your role was 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 amazing. Yeah, and you mentioned Drew, the Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady thing with Mo Lewis. Please, I'm a Jeff fan. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to remember that. You know, for for years to come. You know, uh, speaking of the Jets, you know, a guy that kind of two guys that kind of sort of basically kind of hurt themselves in a sense over the offseason. Robbie Anderson, I think it was last year, he got into that little traffic a- accident. You know with regards to going over the speed limit, right? Right. And then you have Chris Herndon getting suspended for four games. For what? I I don't know, but he still got suspended. Uh, what's your take on, on guys like that, just like getting suspended at all and getting into little mishaps as far as that goes? I mean, I'm 40. And, you know, when I was in my, my early 20s, I certainly wasn't making millions of dollars and being in the spotlight of, of New York City as, as a professional athlete. So in one sense, again, there, there's sort of a human element to it, but mm-hmm. there's also the fact that you're a pro and you're being paid and you're in the spotlight for a reason. There's going to be plenty of time and you got a great, you know, big offseason, blah, blah, blah. Just take care of your business, but also know that everything that you do is on the record. I tell all the guys that I work with, right, do ne- never assume that something is off the record because somebody is always watching. So... Um, you know, chalk it up to youthful, you know, kind of indiscretion and not knowing better. But, you know, it, it, it's all about how they come out on the other side, right? So if, if these can be used as learning opportunity, uh, learning uh, opportunities, I mean, that's kind of what's important. I, 
again, maybe it's my age speaking, but, you know, as a blogger, when I was a blogger, <laughs> you know, 12, right. 12, 15 years ago, you know, I, I would <laughs> I would be just, you know, throwing barbs and elbows at all these guys. But, you know, and maybe it's a, as a father now, too. I mean, it's just these are just people um, and, and, you know, not these two guys specifically, but um, just learn and get better and, and just you know, understand the, the role and the, and, the, and the blessing that you're given. Absolutely. And playing in the NFL is an absolute blessing. You know, the average lifespan of an NFL player, you know this, Don, yeah. is three years. I mean, you know, there's – I just left a meeting with – you know, so I, I work with uh, – founded Transition Sports Entertainment and really working with guys on their transition, what they're doing after that. And, right. and I like to tell guys, I mean, you get three years, you know, that's that's average. Ten years, that's like – Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but even still, then you know, 10 years, you're 32 years old. And, and then what? And, and now you're starting from, you know, starting from scratch. Right. Nobody cares about you anymore mm-hmm. as an ex-player. You're all replaceable commodities, right? You're a rookie. You make a team. What's your agent doing? Your agent's on, on college campuses looking for your replacement. Right. So the, the system, the game goes on without you. It's, it's how these guys kind of use the opportunity, whether it's, you know, three years or 10 years or, you know, or more. Um you know, to, to do something and prepare for that next stage because then you're 32 years old and God willing, you have another 60 years of living to do. Yeah. And uh, you've never done anything but play football or mm-hmm. play a sport mm-hmm. your entire life. And, and, you know, trying to get these guys to understand that, you know, it's not all about chasing the dollar right now. You're going to get paid a lot in the sport, but use these, you're a jet, use this opportunity. What do you want to do? The greatest people in the world in any industry or any Thing that you want to get involved of are based in New York. Use it to build relationships that you can then leverage when you need them, right? right. Get make them now when you don't need them, so that you have them when you do need them. Absolutely, and, and it's and it's genuine. And you talk about you know as far as the players' career go at the end, you know what what's it like as far as when you're dealing with an athlete, Don? You you see it, and you know talking to Keith Bullock at the outside game last month and having to see, and he looks great. And same thing with Pac-Man, too. Uh, but what, what's your take on, like, the athlete that, like, went through the whole CTE deal and everything like that? Because you never know what might happen with that with that person down the road, you know, as far as, like, you know, their body breaks down after playing football, all the pain medications and everything like that. And I know they talked about it at, at the event last month, but, you know, kind of right now, like, how, how do some athletes deal with it? Not very well, unfortunately. And... Again, I, and one criticism that Keith's always had, say about like the Players Association, and you know they they have things available to you. Well, I, th- I guess it's a it's two sided, right? There mm-hmm. are things available to these guys should they choose to take advantage of it, right? One guy told me, "Hey, every time, you know, every locker room has a list of of things that the league or the team or the PA or something has at your disposal, but they don't care about that. They run right through it and get on the field and just are ready to bang heads, right? So one, there are these programs." But they aren't encouraged in a way that's going to be meaningful for these guys. So if, unless they take the initiative to to do it themselves, right? Um, and, and that's not what they're thinking. They're not thinking post career then. And then you get post career to your point. Um, and I think going back to Keith's criticism, and not to speak for him, is a lot of times these teams, these leagues, the organizations, the PA do things just to say they're doing them. Right. Right. So there's not much substance to them either. Right. There's no follow through. There's no here it is. Go do it, as opposed to here it is, and hey, we'll we'll help you through this process. It's more like a press release. Hey, we're offering X, Y, and Z for our players. Right, and you talk about during that time, you talk about you know 
at the at the outside game, uh, you know, painkillers and medications, mm-hmm. and the use of cannabis, weed. Right. You know, uh, I want to get your take on what what that what that all entails too, as yeah. far as you know, because I think it would be great if if they if they were to uh, legalize the the marijuana. But what what's your take on that? Well, the point is that was being made at the outside game by Jonathan Casillas, uh, former Giant, former uh, Saint, two-time Super Bowl winner, was more about the hypocrisy, is that they have no, and he gave, you know, told you it was three minutes he spent telling you about the cycle of Toradol. Right. When they shoot you up, and, and then when it wears off, mm-hmm. and then when you start that cycle again. So they have no problem injecting you with, you know, these substances to let you play, and then something natural that's not a performance enhancer, et cetera, that actually guys want to use as as an alternative to those things, right? For pain, for you know, obviously some guys like to get high, but really what the conversation was around this was about uh, the the, medic- the medicinal uses and 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 using it in in the proper way. So it was less about weed or marijuana and more about CBD uh, was the talk. The other point is that I think it's probably a dozen and a half states have now legalized some sort of usage of you know recreational marijuana. Right. So as society's becoming more lenient, um, you know, is is the league going to follow suit? And Keith and I talked about this the other day too. Is now you're going to have the collective bargaining uh, agreement is up uh, with the NFL, I believe, next year. And you know, the the, the thought is they're going to kind of re- relent on that, right? Um, but what are what are they getting in return? Right? That's always a quid pro quo, right? We'll give you we'll give you the weed, or we'll give you CBD. Um, but now you're going to play an 18 game schedule. Yeah. Now you're going to play a 19 game schedule. And now who does that help, right? Everybody, yeah, everybody's getting paid more. But now you're banging your head around a lot more too, and then you get back into that cycle. Right. And it's it's always the the old adage: the owners make billions, the the players make millions. And at the end of the day, the owners are going to find a way to generate a dollar, and you know the players are going to be fighting fighting for their for their livelihoods at that point in time. You right. know. And I mean, I know. You know, uh, D. Smith has done a couple of our events before with with the with the NFL Players Association, but um, you know, I think guys are, are relying on on the union to to you know make sure that their best interests are being served and that they don't get steamrolled by the by the uh, by the owners. Right, and you just never know what might happen. You know, as far as the future goes, and especially now with all these TV rever- uh, TV deals and everything like that going in, it generating billions. Well, billions. think about this. Um, I mean, I think that whole structure is going to get blown up with with the uh, you know with the streaming services and even social. I mean, they've been playing around with um, you know games on Twitter for a couple seasons now. But I, I think you know the Hulu's and the Netflix and guys like that are just going to come over the top, and fans will get what they want. Absolutely. I think it'll be actually good for everyone, <laughs> yeah. except for the except for the, comp- the TV companies. Absolutely, you know, it's just amazing to see what's going on in in the world here. You know, as far as pro sports go and TV deals and money. Another thing I want to get get your thoughts on and I know this was mentioned too at the uh at the outside game event females in in sports and how how much of a role females play now more so than ever in in the you know in pro sports and even in life in general, you know. What what's your take on that? Yeah, I I I think that that panel uh, and it was it was great. It was informative. I think there were too many voices on that, uh, where I think uh, really couldn't focus on some things that could have been expanded upon. That said, where I wanted to see it go 
when we sort of conceptualized this, and that was you know when the the U.S. Women's National Team was making um, you know the statement about equal play, uh, equal pay for equal play, was sort of twofold, right? You 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 want to advance economically and and be paid um, in a, what you think you deserve, but you also want to have your voice heard and be an advocate and 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 push these issues and push these buttons and how do those two things coexist right can you <laughs> sorry it's okay um that's that's me but yeah no um yeah so so there's there's really two things there and one is sort of the economics of it and you know there's arguments on all sides and I'm glad that um we had uh we had Berman there from the uh, National Lacrosse League, the new uh, commissioner, uh, Jessica Berman, who came from the NHL, right? So where where I thought a point of view could have gone with that is that it's not just a male-female issue, right? It's it's an economic issue. The hockey players aren't getting the deals that football players are getting or that basketball players are getting, right? It's, it's you know, economics one-on-one uh, in, in, one, in one capacity, but there is also then discrepancy where you have the the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team, and then you had a representative from the U.S. Women's right. National Hockey Team, mm-hmm. and they are, you know, way off there too. So, what do I think? I think that you know everybody should fight for what they believe they deserve, uh, but you know I tell clients all the time, what you're worth is what somebody's willing. To pay you, right. <laughs> so there's also you need to do it with sort of a clear vision mm-hmm. um, and fairness, and articulate your points. I think a lot of times what happens is people just kind of draw a stake in the ground and say, you know, it's either black or white, you're either with us or, or, or you're not. And I think that sort of hurts the cause because now more people are going to end up um, hating you right, <laughs> right. than supporting you. Right? right? If you want to, you're going to draw more flies with with honey mm-hmm. than vinegar. And I think that's part of the problem is that people get so hell-bent on their cause that they forget that they're trying to win over hearts and minds. Right. Um, so finding that balance. But, hey, I'm a, I'm a father of three daughters, so right. you know, I'm, all about, I'm all about girl power. But, you know, I, I also want to, like, raise that to know that, look, you're not at a disadvantage. You're not, you know, you, I don't want them to have a victim mentality. I want them to think and know that they can do whatever they want to do. Right. And to go get it. And if they can't, they can't. But, but you know what? They can try. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, real quick here, Don. I know that there's a lot of professional leagues going on right now between WNBA. I know the the uh, hockey, they have the NWHL. And football, I think they had like a... a, a the legends. Know, yeah, they had, they had that going on. <laughs> but how come there's no softball, professional softball leagues? I think that would be that would be a great thing. I don't understand that. You know, baseball is America's pastime. I don't understand why oh, there isn't a softball I mean, league it, in America. It goes back to the hockey thing too. And, and Alex is is that is there going to be an audience? One, but then somebody has to fund that yeah. as well. So who's going to step up and fund it? Right. But I mean, sure, there's great talent right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, you would think that would be like an easy layup. <laughs> right. And it's it's true. Yeah. You know, I mean, they had girls playing baseball back in the 40s and the 50s. They made a movie about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's it's still it just makes you wonder. I mean, yeah. softball is such a it's, it's a good sport, you know, for, for girls to play and everything. Well, like all right. That. Here's a question. What about Shoot. what about co-ed? Should they do co-ed softball? Well, that might happen. That That might happen down the road. But I mean, there's plenty of leagues around, you know, that that might happen. 
And it's been proven on it's on film. Jenny Fitch straight striking out <laughs> Barry Bonds. Right. It has happened. I mean, so. that would be, that would, I mean, that would probably draw all kinds of eyeballs. Too, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, but you, that that's that might be down the road, maybe like 10, yeah, five. I was, in, I was in quite a few fun, you know, co-ed softball, like slow pitch leagues. But yeah. I'd love to. I mean, I would love to see Jenny Finch just like blowing guys out. Like, that would be awesome. It can happen. <laughs> it can happen. I mean, 70 miles an hour from 40 feet is the equivalent to 90 miles an hour oh. plus up at up at 60. Yeah. You know, with, with the hill and everything. Don, on that note, though, how do the people follow you on social media? Uh, find me. Well, see, I started uh, started way too soon with these things, and, and all my names are all different. But H.H. Uh, Reynolds on Twitter. Uh, again, that was the old, the old blog, so I kind of stuck with that. It kind of right. became my brand. And then uh, Instagram, DPHHR. Uh, the Outside Game uh, for all platforms, uh, The Outside Game. Uh, and then, uh, again, my company, Transition. So Transition SE, as in sports entertainment. So uh, me personal and then my two endeavors. Absolutely, man. Don, thank you so much for coming on to the show, man. Really appreciate you and sacrificing some of your time for coming on to the Let's show. Let's do it again. This was fun. Absolutely, <laughs> and man. I can, and I can catch... Uh, Catch the train right here at Penn Station back to Jersey. Dude, I almost missed my train today. <laughs> Coming out from the island just to be over here, man. Awesome. You Good know. stuff. Thanks, Will. Absolutely. Don, thank you, you so it. much. That's the one and only Don from the outside game. Don Povia. Don Povia. <laughs> see, I was trying to give him a lesson before. I know. I See, this is what happens when you have so many. It's like the open Come on, it's on. Just let it roll off your tongue. Yeah. It, <laughs> like Kiruchi. You go. You go. Just like having all, all these open tabs in your head, you know, you're doing all these things, asking questions. It happens. Multitask. Absolutely. Cool. Thanks, Will. No problem. All right. One only Don Povia from the outside game. Truly an awesome guy to say the very least and Thank does you. a lot of great things in general. Too much. I'm tired. Never, never such thing as too much, man. All good. On that note, for everybody here at Gotham Podcast Studios, for our wonderful producer, Miles, truly awesome, to say the very least. And for Don Povia, I am William Trucci, logging out. We will talk to you guys soon. Peace out.